You're listening to the Hello Awesome Podcast, and this is episode number 136. Welcome back, my friends, 2023. We are doing this thing again. New year, new us, right? (laughs) I am just so blessed to be your host here as we go into season nine of the Hello Awesome Podcast. How cool is that? Well, before we begin, I do have a couple of things I wanted to share with you. Praying over this new year, I really felt the Lord give me direction a few months ago, and I've been holding on to it, and it's going to probably shock you, but season 10 of the Hello Awesome podcast is going to be its last. Forever? Probably not. I'm not sure. But it has been a very, very, very long time, and I appreciate what you guys have done and and what we've built here in this community. And I don't want to lose that, but I think it is time to take a long break for a while. There are a lot of projects coming up for me, a lot of books that need to get written, a lot of things that God has put uh, in my path. So I feel as though I need to refocus and simplify. And God has done such an amazing work through this podcast. And it's going to be weird not doing it every week. But that doesn't change the powerful conversations that we've had on here. You're going to still find the podcast in your podcast player. Don't worry. You will be able to re-listen to every single episode. It's still going to be available across all platforms. So you will still be able to access it, including our Hello Awesome YouTube channel. But after season 10, which will be out later this year, There won't be any new episodes for at least a very long time. Um, Honestly, it's up to the Lord, and I just wanted to share that with you today. I really have had so much peace with this decision as I've consulted the people in my life who I consider my mentors and people who counsel me. They also have had peace with it. And I know um, that this isn't coming from me because I would do this probably 20 plus years And who's to say that I'm not going to come back? But let's make this year count, okay? So if you would like to donate to the Ministry of Hello Awesome, it will cover the cost to continually run this podcast because I still have to pay for it even if there's no new episodes. Uh, Your donation also will help me with future book projects and materials that are on the horizon that are needed to keep uh, this ministry going, um, which I so appreciate you guys who have been giving You can donate through the link in my link tree. Um, This is another change. You're not going to find my website anymore, helloawesome.live. That has dissolved, and I have chosen an easier way to go. Uh, You guys have found that it's been a lot better, I think. Uh, The responses and the feedback has actually been more because I have that link in the bio of my Instagram. So the link tree address is L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E forward slash Hello Awesome Live. It's very easy. Like I said, I have the link in the description of uh, my Instagram bio at Hello Awesome Live. So if you go there, it literally has all the links that you need uh, for Hello Awesome in this ministry. And at the bottom, you will be able to give a financial donation that will Help keep this ministry going. My link tree is the only place where you're going to find all of my links like books and the YouTube channel. Like I said before, there's no more HelloAwesome.live because there's no more shop. And that just costs too much to run on its own. It's gone. And honestly, the heavy weight of paying for it is also gone. So praise God for that. All the things that you need to know are going to be on my link tree. And it's going to be the best move going forward. All right, so now that I've dropped this bomb on you here, uh, let's get into the first episode of 2023. Let's get some joy and let's kick off season nine with a young lady that I have grown to love from afar so very much. Lauren Blenman is on the podcast to speak into what it means to be a good friend. Have you ever felt conflicted when you want to be someone's friend at church, but they have a not so godly quality in their character? What do you do? What about working a secular job and being surrounded by unbelievers? Can we be friends with them and still stay saved? Lauren shares wisdom straight from her heart to ours in this first episode of season nine. So get comfy 
it's time for a slice of some real pie. This is episode number 136 that I am calling Good Friendships with Lauren Blenman. Hey guys, I'm JC. Are you ready for real conversations about faith, business, and life? Me too. This is the Hello Awesome podcast where I bring forth topics and truthful insights that will encourage you to make intentional choices and pursue God with your whole heart. Are you ready to say hello to the awesome blessings that God has for you? All right, let's do this. Hey, before we get into this episode, let me just share with you a couple of things some of my friends are doing. Over at Oneness Essentials, you can get handcrafted soap and beauty products that will make your skin fall in love with you again. Go to onenesssoapbiz.com and use our special code HELLO8 for 15% off your next order. Also, Jessica's Most Modest has some amazing clothing that you need in your wardrobe next season. Go to JessModest.com and use our code HelloAwesome for 15% off today. Years ago, when Summer Neal was asked to take over her church's social media, she didn't know where to start. She didn't know how to create content. She was not a professional photographer or videographer, and she didn't know a thing about how to connect people with online. Well, Summer does now, and she's eager to share that knowledge with you. The Social Pentecostal is a social media consulting company that seeks to empower the church to utilize social media effectively to reach the loss and to make heaven bigger by teaching social media's best practices to church leaders and creatives. The Social Media Pentecostal offers monthly online training through the Social Pentecostal community. Follow her on social media at the Social Pentecostal to learn tips and tricks for your church's social media management and content creation. God does not need professionals. He simply needs a willing vessel. Let the Social Pentecostal help you bring glory to God on social media, and together you can reach the lost and make heaven bigger. For more information, visit thesocialpentecostal.com. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Hello Awesome podcast. I am so grateful that you are back here with me for season nine. I can't believe it. We've made it this far. And today, my friend Lauren, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. I know we have mutual friends and we haven't really chatted yet. So I'm really excited to get into this topic of friendships. So before we do, can you just share with us a little bit about who you are and what you do? Okay. Hey, everybody. I'm very glad to be here. Honored that you asked me. Um, I am a junior in college right now. I go to the University of Houston. I don't know why I always start with that, but I do. I feel like it sets the tone of how old I am, 20. Um, I go to the Pentecostal of Katy, and I've been here my entire life. Katy, Texas. Um, I, yeah, I do a lot of different things, but I guess as far as like career and school, um, I'm a business major going into supply chain which is kind of confusing. So I'm not going to bore you with that, but um, that's kind of what I'm doing now, trying to graduate as soon as possible and start like my full time. Um, But on the other side of my life, um, ministry is like my heartbeat, specifically music. But um, I also kind of like to dabble in uh, like graphics, social media stuff. If I need to um, kind of just doing whatever uh, I need to do, whatever's needed, but music is kind of where I, reside and um is just my heartbeat when it comes to ministry so i do a lot of that here um at the pok i have two sisters and my parents that i'm i live with and yeah that's kind of uh my life i hope that's a good answer for you yeah definitely i mean it sounds really full but in a good way (laughs) you know what i mean like yeah i know like going to college is hard enough so it's nice that you have like ministry things that you can do at church to kind of like you know, reconnect. And, um, and yeah, that's really exciting. I mean, yeah, maybe the business major thing might bore other people, but we can talk about (laughs) that later because that interests me. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. It's definitely a pull in two like really different directions because I know for some people like they get to have, or, you know, they feel called to like Bible college and like music. And so then they're going from their school life, which is music and ministry to their church life, which is music and ministry. So yeah, it's kind of very 
different um, spectrums, but I, I love both. So kind of still working on getting everything, um, I guess, as leveled out as possible and making sure my priorities are aligned is a continual like process. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I think it is cool that you are going to a secular university. I know there are a lot of apostolics out there who are, you know, doing that. And I mean, that could be a topic for another day. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, you know, one of the questions that I was thinking of is that, you know, this world is pretty crazy. And I'm sure you see it firsthand, like when you go to class, you know, when you're trying to do your thing, it just seems like there could be like a challenge, you know, uh, yeah. for us to live for God. So like, it's, it's awesome that you are connected to your, your church and you are, you know, really, um, tethered there. Cause I think that's so important, especially for, um, young people your age who are trying to go to school, figure out their career, get all that started. And everything is like a what if that yeah. like having a good church is like important, but also having good friends. And so that's what yes. we're going to talk about. <laughs> and I know that this is going to be a big question, but how would you define what a good friend is? Okay. Let's see what I can do here. Um <laughs> I think one, obviously a good friend is a godly friend. Okay. As far as like, you know, biblically, like who we're supposed to surround ourselves with Um, because like life is hard and it's harder when you're having to pull people up the, like the whole time you need people that like can support you as well as like, y'all kind of support each other versus you feeling weighed down all the time by um, I guess being like the sole purpose for someone's salvation or being the whole reason that they are staying on a good path because you can't do that forever. You need your own support. But I will also say that on the other side, like a good friend is just someone who one will listen and um, just kind of like be there when you need them to not necessarily to have pity parties with you all the time, but even if they don't have the answer to just listen and to be a comfort because sometimes like, you're not looking for an answer. You just need someone to be there. And um, also people that you can just have fun with and you don't feel pressure to be somebody you're not because I know that was a hard thing throughout my life of feeling like I had to be the cool person so that I'll have friends and, you know, not really being true to who I am because I just, I wanted to make sure everybody liked me. And so I think there's a lot of different ways you can kind of (laughs) answer that question, but yeah. Um, or someone who will listen and that you're not having to save all the time, I guess, in the sense of they have their own walk with God and their own desire to serve the Lord. And y'all can like work together on doing that. So. Yeah. Well, Lauren, you definitely are cool. Just so you know, for the record. <laughs> <Thanks>. but, <laughs> but I agree. You know, that's such a big thing when you're talking about, you know, not always having to have, not always to basically not always being the one to have to lift people up all the time. I mean, that to me is like, I mean, I'm having like a revelation just because like, <laughs> it's so true because, um, you know, we have those people that are in our lives who just need a little bit more work. And it doesn't yeah. mean that we can't love them, but we do yeah. have to take inventory of our own walk with God and our own hearts. And it was something that, you know, coming into church, cause I wasn't, you know, uh, born in church, like coming into church, you know, I was also in my twenties and that was something that, you know, I had a really good friend, you know, tell me, you know, you kind of attract these like, you know, friendships that they need you more. And, um, of course being the Christian, you want to do more, but we also have to remember that we can't do it all and we're not Christ. So we have to take inventory of like, oh, how is this person really like affecting my mental health maybe? Or just am I making sacrifices in this friendship that are not really good for me, you know? Right. I think that was was a harder thing for me to kind of grasp as well because I'm not saying that all of my friends were people that I felt like I had to help because that's definitely not the case. But Mm -hmm. I did feel sometimes that like I was kind of attracted more to like, or people were more attracted to me whenever they had issues at a certain point in my life. And I didn't have all the answers, but I was definitely willing to be there for them. But it came to a point where I kind of felt like, Oh, I can't, 
I don't want to express myself or put my burden onto anyone else because I know not because they were a burden to me, but necessarily, but because I knew like the pressure I felt of, okay, let me make sure that I'm here for everybody. Let me, let me make sure that I'm giving the right answer. And so I just, I decided that I don't really want to put that burden on anyone else and mm-hmm. kind of made me start crumbling just, you know, to myself because I didn't have an outlet of someone to talk to, not because I couldn't, not because there weren't people there for me, but because I'd put like the stress on myself of don't be a burden because you know how it feels whenever you feel a little bit stressed about people coming to you. So I guess it can kind of create this cycle of um, issues. Mm-hmm. So Yeah. Yeah. Well, was there any point in time where you struggled with having good friendships? Like if you think back, can you pinpoint like a moment where it was like an issue for you? Well, I will say that anytime I talk about anything, especially at 20 years old, I still like whenever I'm, I don't know, talking to like our young people or whatever, I still say that I'm definitely in the midst of all of these things that I've dealt with in the sense of like, there's things that I've gone through that I will still continue to face if I, if I'm not intentional about um, setting it aside or giving it to God, um, because I'm still young. So I still struggle with a lot of these things, but um, I guess I can make this long, but I'll make it short. Um, I, when I graduated high school, I had gone to a private school my entire life, our Christian school here at our church. Um, so kind of going into a large university and I started working at Target, um, two very like in your face things that I just wasn't as prepared for as I thought I was. Um, but the cool side to that was I got to learn what it was like to make friends outside of the people that I just grew up with or that I would see at conferences. Um, because whenever you have your church friends, you have a very, um, what's the word I'm looking for? You have a very easy connection that you can like bond over, which is the Lord and church and being apostolic and all these things. Um, so it was very hard and different to go outside of that. So anyways, I started working at Target and going to school. I didn't really make any friends at school right away because it was COVID. So we were online. So that was kind of a, an easier thing, but at target, obviously I'm working with, um, a lot of young people because a lot of teenagers, young adults work at target mm-hmm. and, um, just started connecting with these people who are great. And I'm still friends with a lot of them, but, um, I will say that a hard part of that was learning who I was outside of the four walls of this church and learning whether or not I could be, concrete in my values and in what I know and what I believe whenever I'm being consistently challenged by people Mm -hmm. that just don't understand. Mm -hmm. Um, And not because they want to challenge me, but because they just don't understand. So there's questions that are asked, you know, about why I'm wearing a jean skirt, what everyone else is wearing jeans and um, just why I don't use foul language and why I don't want to go to parties with them. And why there's so many things that were consistently challenging me um, to really take a look at myself and figure out, okay, who am I when my parents aren't here to protect me whenever I'm not surrounded by my youth pastors and my youth group? Um, Like who, how do I balance that? So I will say that um, after like the first year, it, it did become really challenging for me whenever I was going through just family stuff or going through just my own personal stuff in my own life. And still being surrounded by people that didn't carry the same values as me because it felt easier to just kind of fall into how they acted, I guess, or just dim my light a little bit more so Mm -hmm. I can just fit in and make my life easier or not have to think about, oh, I have to be a witness today. Like I felt like I couldn't take it. Like there was so much going on that I was just like, I don't want to try. I'm just going to do what like whatever happens happens is kind of how I felt um so without going into too much detail that was that was a struggle for me because I had to decide like am I going to continue to let these people influence me how I think and what I um say I am okay with or am I going to still believe what I believe and stand on the word of God when I'm going through hard stuff and I'm still learning through that trust me like I was still a a yeah. process but um it that was definitely a hard part of my kind of friendship journey is making a lot of friends outside of the church and having to figure out 
what that means for me. That was a long answer, but. Yeah, no, but I liked it because there are a lot of people out there who feel the same way and maybe they feel like they're the only ones going through that, but they're not. And, you know, like I said, I was around, um, you know, my twenties when I came into church and the same thing, you know, going to work and there are going to be people at work from all walks of life Mm -hmm. and they are going to ask questions and you're going to develop friendships, relationships with these people because they, you work with them and usually you see them more than your family sometimes because you're there, you know, eight hours a day. And I think that's a good point, though, is when we are challenged, what are we going to do? Because there is that temptation of, well, it'll just be easier if I just did what they did or uh, Mm -hmm. went along with what they believed in, because then there would be no friction. You know, there would be no challenge. But we know, of course, that that's just not what God wants us to do. And right. I think that is so important that we are connected with a church family and a body of Christ, you know, with, you know, the body of Christ that we can um, be re- renewed and uh, reminded of what is right. right. Because, um, you know, the Bible talks about, you know, those who call evil good and good evil. And mm-hmm. we see that every day, but it's different. It's different when it's right in front of you and it's actually happening because I think we kind of get caught by surprise. Right. No, for sure. And then we're like, oh, wait, this is the challenge right here. Like, this is the temptation right now. No, exactly. I I feel like I wasn't as prepared as I would have liked to be to go into that world with no fault of anyone else but my own. But because I was the one who wanted to work at Target. I wanted to go to a big university, Mm -hmm. um, but I didn't prepare myself for what was going to be ahead of me because like I said I had been in this environment my whole life that I didn't really have to which I'm thankful for I thank God every day for that I didn't have to go to a public school and you know really fight that throughout my teen years or most of my teen years um so it was definitely a shock Mm -hmm. yeah well I want to give you another big question because I have had this come to me. So I'm going to give it to you just because I know that, um, that people do ask these questions and it is very controversial. Um, can a young Christian stay saved even when they have friends outside of the church? And, you know, I've heard so many different sides to this. Um, I know how I feel based on my experience, but what do you think? Okay. So I'll say this. And like I said, I'm still learning through all of these things. I still have these friends that I have to create a balanced friendship with. Um, But I will say that we can't reach anyone by staying in our own bubble. That's Mm -hmm. just a fact. You can't win someone to God that you don't speak to or create some sort of relationship with. Um, So I will say that there has to for sure be a level of we're not condescending and we're not um, better than everybody else and putting ourselves on this pedestal because that's not what Jesus did. And we need to model the behavior of Jesus um, to win people to the Lord. Um, But I will say that there, there has to be a balance. And what I've had to learn over the past few years is that um, I think there's a difference between, I guess, creating a relationship of like letting someone um, trust you and you're there for them versus becoming someone's best friend and, um, being like that being the only person that you talk to communicate with, Mm -hmm. share all your problems with. Um, so I definitely don't have an exact answer, but it, I don't know. It it gets a little, it gets a little muddy there, but Mm -hmm. I think it is possible for someone to create relationships as far as like um, friends on a loose term outside of the church um, because it's necessary and we have to be able to do it. So it's hard, but I I think it's necessary because like I said, for older people, um, I think it's easier for some older people to kind of win people to the Lord or talk to people about God. Um, 
because some of them have this background of going to church and things have changed a lot, especially like Gen Z is a lot different than um, the past generations. Mm -hmm. And people don't really want to hear what you have to say if they don't know you or Mm -hmm. care about what you're saying. And I don't see that all the time, but it's like 90% of the time when I would be working um, with guests at Target, you know, checking people out or doing drive-ups, pickups, whatever. For the most part, the only people that actually wanted to carry a conversation were people that were probably above the age of 35, 40. And that's great. But you have this whole um, population of young people from the ages of like 13 to 25 or whatever that still need to hear about God, but have this disconnect of all of this like social media pressure and just everyone being as woke as possible and you know, mm-hmm. there's a lot that goes into it. Not saying that Gen Z is better in any way, but it's it's almost harder because yeah. of the pressures of what's happening um, around us. So I say all right. that to say that it almost feels like you have to have some kind of connection relationship, even if it's minimal with someone to be able to start sharing um, about God with mm-hmm. them. So I, I think that even if it doesn't feel possible, it's almost crucial that it is possible to create the balance of making friends outside of the church while not letting them be your one, your only friends to um, your person that you go to for everything. Because if you know that some of your godly friends don't have the answer, I promise you your worldly friends don't have the answer. So yeah, that's a good point. Kind of figuring out that balance. I don't know. That's a hard question. It is hard. And and I wouldn't have asked it if I didn't think that you had some sort of wisdom behind it or that God <laughs> has been working on your heart about it. Yeah. Um, but it is something that um, I see a lot of the older generation in the church want to draw these hard lines. And I think right. sometimes they forget that your generation can't really do that. Yeah. And, no, there's no more hard lines. Everything is just blurred. Right. And I mean, as far as like friendships, we're not talking about our own personal convictions. You right, know? right. And I do think that you can definitely stay saved, even if you have friends outside of the church, as long as you know your walk with God and you and you have your own convictions that you hold to and that right. those friends aren't continually and constantly trying to push against those convictions. Right. You know, right. So it kind of goes what you said is if we always have that that friend who we go to, who we confide in, they're constantly pouring into us, but they don't know God and they don't know the truth. That should be a red flag because they can be a great person and they can be very smart, but they're not Bible smart. Um, right. And they don't have the Holy Ghost and they don't have the just the discernment that you know other godly friends do have and we're not saying everybody in the church also has (laughs) the sermons or those convictions but it's just more likely that they would right and I've, i've had to create that line for myself of knowing yes i know i can trust this person with you know my secrets or i know they might have some good practical advice because they have a good head on their shoulders but they don't know the lord and they don't know the word of god and don't have the holy ghost so there are certain things that I could talk to my school work friends about just, you know, I don't know. I don't have an example, but just certain things that I could talk to them about that was just kind of surface level and very, um, you know, what's going on in your life, what's going on in my life. But then there are certain things like issues that I have or, you know, things that I would face that I know, okay, I need to go to um, someone I'm really close to, my youth pastor's wife. Well, I'm not in youth anymore, but, you know, go to um, my youth pastor's wife about it. Because I know that she has godly wisdom for me and we're friends and she has an answer that I can apply to my life versus someone just having pity on me or giving me an answer that isn't good for me. But kind of having that sit in the back of my mind, even though I know it's not the right thing to do and kind of figuring out what things I would go to certain people about. Um, yeah, kind of a part of that. 
Yeah, I like that a lot. I think it's true that we should have those people in our lives who we can go to as like a safe person um, when we have heavy things and it may not be somebody we're related to. Um, mm-hmm. It has it has to be somebody who, who we know has a good head on their shoulders who maybe is a little older, <laughs> who yeah. has some experience, um, but just somebody who's mature, who can yeah. actually talk to you. But But like you said before, um just listen and i think that is such a huge thing because we live in a society where people don't want to do that and like you were saying before is they're not going to listen to us if we're not listening to them first and that doesn't mean we have to agree with them just because we're listening to them and i think that's also a big thing is if we shut them out then they're going to easily shut us out and so it's that respect of not just having a conversation because you want to always have the right answers and and provide all this wisdom yourself, but just be that person that can be a good listener and surround yourself with some people who will listen to you, um, even if they don't agree. I think that is a huge thing. Um, but obviously, this is such like a an important question. But I really want to get your take is why do you think it's important to decide who your friends are going to be? I think it it shapes the rest of your life. I mean, you are who you surround yourself with. You hear that all the time, but it's it's true. Um, If I'm surrounding myself with negative all the time, guess what? My life is going to look like (laughs) I'm going to be negative. That's just that's just like friendship 101, I think. Um, But. I mean, I will say that I've, I've heard my youth pastor, he says the scripture, um, he just, he uses it a lot, but Proverbs thirteen twenty it says, walk with the wise and become wise, associate with fools and become foolish or get in trouble or whatever translation. Um, but I mean, that's just, that's just life. Like you want to surround yourself with the people that you want to one, be like two, um, y'all just have similar walks with God, similar situations that you feel like you could help each other in, um, similar ministry goals. Um, and I think the same thing goes with actual relationships, but just, I'm sorry, not actual, but you know, <laughs> significant other relationships and, um, friendships, all of it's, it's the same. You want to, you have your core values and your core morals and convictions and all these things and you want to make sure that you're surrounding yourself with people that might not be the exact same but definitely have a similar end goal and I know for all of us it's to get to heaven and to love God and to win people Mm -hmm. but you know just being able to surround yourself with those types of people that you're working together you're you're walking together um, and I, and I realized that through the past like two years of my life like I need that I can't function without the support and um community of my my closest friends that I um am with a lot or even if they live far you know just that I know are there for me when I need them mm-hmm. um and we can you know pick up the phone even if it's been a month and be like hey girl like what's going on in your life oh my goodness I'm dealing with the same thing hey mm-hmm. I'm praying for you I'm here for you you know whatever the situation is so I mean, it's just important, I think, to surround yourself with like-minded people. Yeah. Yeah, that was good. Yeah, it is true because they do shape us. And that's why I think it's really important that we have to be careful what we say to other people, um, especially our friends. Um, Because I remember growing up, too, that I had a friend who had, like, no filter And it was like praised, you know, and, but there were times where that hurt my feelings because it was like, I understand like, this is like your thing, you know, you're proud that you have no filter, but you're hurting people just like as an example. And so if they don't have that awareness of other people or an awareness of even themselves and what they're doing, that can be very harmful. Um, And we also have to be aware of what we're willing to tolerate. Um, And that's hard because we really like them. We want want them to be in our lives. And maybe 
let's say 90% of the time, they're cool. We have fun. But there's that 10% that you're like, oh, you kind of dread it. <laughs> and so yeah. we have to we have to be discerning that way. But I will um, say to go ahead. Um, sorry to add on to what I'm saying that to to feel um, I guess not deserving, but that's the only word I can think of word I can think of. Um, but to feel like you can attract this type of friend, like this good influence or whatever, all the things I said, you also have to learn yourself how to be a good friend. And that mm-hmm. is something that I've had to continually work on. And I find myself every day being like, man, I shouldn't have done that. That wasn't <laughs> a good friend thing to do. Or man, I shouldn't say that to put my friend in a position to feel like they need to correct me. And then they don't, you know, just every time I have an interaction with someone just kind of thinking over, okay, what could I have done differently? Or, Hey, maybe I shouldn't have talked about that person in front of that friend, even though it just kind of came off the cuff. That's not who I want to be. That's not the person I want to be because things get around and people talk and trying to learn how to be the person that, um, kind of makes all that gossip and just all these things to a minimal, um, is what I've been at least trying to push myself to do. Because like I said, like, if I want to talk about who a good friend is and what I want in a good friend, I have to be that for other people. So I'm not perfect by any means. And I don't feel like I'm even halfway there yet, but I, I'm trying to make that a continual journey for me to learn how to be a good friend to others so that me asking for this type of friend or me having this guideline of who I want to surround myself with isn't um, hypocritical. So yeah. Anyways. Yeah. No, that's a really good point. And that kind of brings me to the next question because we're like trying to break this stigma. Uh, do you think being in church automatically makes someone a good friend? Oh, for sure not. It definitely doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> well, I um, wish, right? <laughs> Lord. Yeah, no, that would be just a perfect world, but we're right. all human. We all mess up. You know, being having a skirt doesn't make you immune to falling. I mean, the Bible says we're all uh, come short of the glory of God. Like that's just, that's just the reality of our life. And that's what it will always be. Um, but like I was saying earlier, the the part where you become a little bit more wise um, in your life is from every encounter, every um, situation that you deal with or, everything you say to take all of that and to reflect after everything and be like, is that who I am? Is that who I want to continue to be? And, you know, part of, I guess, repentance is a good way to use this as an example is it's not just asking for forgiveness. It's asking for forgiveness and turning from that. And so I feel like in a lower scale with everything that we do just to take from that situation, analyze it, examine yourself, and decide, is that who I am? And if it's not, turn and do something else. (laughs) And like I said, like still on that journey of, okay, I now have to make a choice because I was in the situation. I don't like how I acted in this. Mm -hmm. So is that who I'm going to be forever? And um, just kind of doing that to, um, sorry, just kind of doing that to figure out like, who you are and also because you will mess up no matter how many times you create these guidelines for yourself you will mess up however you start to kind of mess up a little bit less and a little bit less and start creating a foundation of who you are for whenever you're older or even for now and from there you can i I don't know become that person that you want to see other people be and so um i think if everyone kind of uses that principle of reflecting on a situation, a conversation, a a friendship and deciding if that's who they are or not and kind of turning it around for better and being, and just, you know, saying to yourself, I'm going to do better than this and keep walking and just keep going. And you just, every day you make a decision that I'm going to do something different than what I did the day before. Um, But no, being in the church doesn't automatically make you a good friend. And I know that because I am in church and I have been a bad friend before because I'm human. So I mean, yeah. Well, yeah. And I, I agree obviously with everything that you're saying. And I, you know, I'm thinking of, I'm just thinking of like 
if if they are accountable, if they make a mistake and they fall, but they can own up to it, then it's worth holding mm-hmm. on to that friendship. Right. Because if they're constantly blaming other people, if they're constant, you know, um, trying to um, always be the one to look the best and, um, you know, kind of dodging that responsibility of what they said or what they did and they don't own up to it, they don't repent, they don't ask for forgiveness, then that's when we really need to kind of take inventory of that friendship. Um, right. But if we have a friend who, you know, might be a little edgy because we all are a little edgy, you know, <laughs> nobody's, you know, smooth all the way around. Um, yeah. But they can own up to it and come up, you know, come up to you later on and be like, hey, like, I'm sorry I said that. I hope, you know, you could forgive me. Like, I know I hurt your feelings or, you know, hey, I shouldn't have said that or I shouldn't have done that or they're willing to right the wrong. I think that really makes a difference. It does. It does. So what if we have a friend who is in the church, but they have proved to have questionable character? How do you think we should handle that? I think that especially if there's someone that's like your peer, um, kind of around mm-hmm. the same age group, I I think, and this is kind of something that I deal with, I guess, being on youth staff and just hearing um, the things that kind of happen within our youth group and being on the other side of that, barely, but on the other side of um, being in the youth group, mm-hmm. um, you just have to decide, like, are you gonna be able to fix this person you're not by the way um but am I gonna be able to fix this person or should I just distance myself because it's not worth my salvation or my character to hang around you all the time and still not have any kind of influence so I think and I've told my sister this and like we've we've both just talked about this of you know at some point you just have to decide I'm not making a difference clearly um Mm. they don't want to change right so i can't make them so my only option is to not disown them not say you hate them because that's not biblical at all but to just you know i love you but because i love you i have to just distance myself because nothing i can say is working um and i'm not we're not in the business of you know we can't save people only god can save people all we can do is be the best that we can be um in front of them behind closed doors whether they're or not but so that they see that we have this consistent character and you know that's that's the best that we can do but i would say i would say um distance yourself i mean because your reputation your reputation is important um so if you're consistently around someone who is diminishing that reputation, I mean, that's hard to rebuild. So I don't know. I, I guess that's kind of a hard one to answer because you don't want to cut people off ever. But I would definitely say they don't have to be your closest friend. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it is tough. Yeah, we don't want to cancel people, right? Yeah. Um, distance, I think, is fine. Um and I, it doesn't mean that you're never going to talk to them or interact with them. It just means that uh, there are just certain things that you no longer are going to do with this person or, right. you know, the time that you do spend with this person is going to be specific for, you know, whatever you're doing in ministry or, right. you know, in that friend group or whatever. Um, and I, I know for me, I had to have this be a thing unfortunately someone that you know you love usually you love your friends um but there's this character flaw that is kind of unbearable and not to be in a negative you know negative nancy over here but you know what i mean um just to be real that you know that they are they cannot they just really cannot see this blind spot right in their character they just can't see it and as much as you've waited and prayed about it it's just not happening and like you said we can't change people yeah and so um you know i i know i have a friend that i we have this mutual respect for each other and 
after a while, I think she kind of knew that we're not going to be as close, but that I still love her and we love each other, you know, in Christ, but also, you know, as friends, but we're not going to probably hang out. Right. And that's okay. As long as it's not going to be a point of contention every time you see them. I think that's right. also a big, you, you know, every time you see them, it's not going to be like a dra- dramatic thing. Like, oh, I can't be in the same room with this woman. You know, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we can't be, we can't be doing that uh, when we're in church, you know? Uh, no, no, you're fine. I totally get it. Cause I mean, sometimes it does get to that, some, that point with people. And I see it a lot in younger people to where they're like, I don't even want to be at dinner with them. And it's just like, okay, well, that's not okay. <laughs> I mean, there's a difference yeah. between distancing yourself and then completely just, now you've created um, an issue within yourself because you don't want to break bread with the other people of God. Like, you know, mm. there has to be a balance. But um, I will say that sometimes there isn't even an issue. Like sometimes there isn't even a character issue or anything. You just, you start fading away from certain friends because your interests change or yeah. your just your walks of life change. And I think that's okay too. I think something that's hard is, Feeling like every time you, a friendship distances, feeling like you did something wrong or they did something wrong, because that's not always the case. Right, and that's so, true. And, it, and it's also hard to like, I guess for me, like I'm a people pleaser. So being like, okay, did I do something? I just want to make sure. As long as this is like a mutual distancing and no one's like, nothing's wrong. That's kind of a harder thing for me to grasp. Yeah. But I mean, I've had friends in my life that we were super, super close and now we're not, but we're still friends. It's just not how it always was. And that's okay. So, I mean, yeah, obviously there are different levels to it, but. Well, I think, yeah, going to your point, it's like we don't have that offense in our heart against them, right? Yeah. It just happens naturally. Right. And as you grow up, that is going to happen. And I've right. had this conversation too, because um, I'm probably, yeah, I'm a good decade older than you, but <laughs> um you know, the conversations that I have now in my 30s are different than 20s. And so now I'm realizing that offenses don't change. I mean, you can be offended about a friendship in your 30s the same way you were in your 20s. It doesn't matter because we're human. But the difference is understanding that the older that you get, most of the time, it's not about something that you did. Most of the time, it's just time. Or right. like you said, interest change mm-hmm. or, you know, like you had friends in school, but you're not in school yet and you're not in school anymore, like high school. So like, you know, I just had my reunion, my high school reunion, a 20 year high school reunion um, <laughs> <laughs> recently. And it got me thinking of like, yeah, of course, I'm not close with them because it's been so long yeah. and life happened, but we don't have anything in our hearts against each other it's just time and you move away you get married you know you have different friend groups you know one of you starts going to church hello um but yeah i think it's just not like making sure that you check your own heart and if there's a friendship that feels like strained just making sure that you are Number one, not looking at that person like they're the enemy, like they're against you, or I think that's just so easy to do Yeah, because it feels good to be like the good guy Um, and realizing there doesn't have to be one. (laughs) There doesn't (laughs) even have to be a fight. Like you said, probably nothing happened. Um, Right. Yeah. I just think it's important to... Just analyze your own heart because you can't do anything about what how, what they see you as except for, you know, if you've already asked for forgiveness for whatever and you know in your own heart that you've done the right thing or what what you think it was the right thing to do, um, then just make sure that you're not causing contention. You know, you're not making yeah. it harder for the other friends that are around you. Because yeah. I've had that happen where where there was a, you know, a severed friendship. And then every time I was around one of them, they couldn't let it go. 
And right. it was, it made it difficult for us to connect because it's like, well, then you're kind of risking our relationship because you're so busy focusing on this other relationship that didn't work out, this other friendship right. that didn't work out. Does that make sense? Yeah. So, yeah, that's hard. <laughs> what advice would you give someone who is just having a hard time finding those friends who honor their convictions and respect their beliefs? I think you have to just open up yourself to, you know, different types of people. Cause I think the only reason why you would have a hard time is if you kind of close yourself off to the different types of people that are around you. Um, because I think everyone's looking for a friend. Obviously there are just some churches and some places that just have mean people and there's nothing you can do about that. Um, because the mean girl culture, the mean girl, um, vibe, I guess still exists in the church, sadly. Mm -hmm. Um, but just kind of, you know, figuring out, okay, like I said, who you are, who you want to be, who you want to be around, and then just seeking out genuine people and making an effort yourself. Because I I get that it would be really easy and great if friends just came to you and you didn't ever have to step outside of your own comfort zone, but that's just not possible. Sometimes you have to step out of your own comfort zone and invite someone out to eat or, you know, talk to a group of people that you don't normally talk to. And, you know, you have to try something to figure out what people are like. And if you even want to, you know, pursue a friendship with them and all these things, but I do think it takes you taking the first step. And, you know, sometimes you'll run into people that you're like, "Mm, I would be good never talking to them again. Um, But I mean, that's just, that's just life, but you have to take the step um, yourself And, you know, it'll be easier to find people that have your same belief and your same convictions and, you know, that same just passion for God. But you have to, you know, take the step. And even if you go to conferences, you know, sometimes I get it. Like, I can be more on the introverted side sometimes. So, you know, when I go places, I sometimes just want to sit by myself in a corner, like, whenever we're up because of the time that sat in a room and did my schoolwork because I needed to finish it. And I also was overwhelmed by people. But I mean you know, I had to force myself to get out there and talk to people if I wanted to meet new people. And that's just life. You'll see that anywhere, whether you're in the church, at the workplace, at school. Um, I think that's just a big, a big part of it. Yeah, that's good. Um, Yeah, as an introvert, I get it. It's easy to like, shrink and not get involved because, you know, talking to people or talking to new people kind of makes your skin crawl maybe but if we all just if we all just look at people like oh they're human and they're not perfect I think that takes a lot of that the power off of the the insecurity that we feel right and just looking at each other as like our peers and not different levels if that makes sense like nobody's above anybody else like right we put people on pedestals. It's like, Oh, I can never be friends with that person. It's like, well, right. They put their shoes on like you, you know, they have to brush their teeth. They have to go to the bathroom. Like they have to do human things that are not glamorous. And just because they show up to church or work or whatever, and they look great. doesn't mean that they don't have human problems like you. And I bet we can relate to a lot more people if we would just talk to them. Um, So how can we as believers be friends with people who might not understand why we live for God? Um, hopefully I'm not repeating myself in anything I say, but um It's okay if you are. <laughs> okay. We we need we need to uh listen over and over again to get it in our heads sometimes. <laughs> sometimes we do. Um I I think it's just creating the boundaries that you need to create and even take advice from you know, seek godly counsel, you know, go to someone who's a mentor in your life and be like, Hey, I have this friend, love them. I just want to know, like, what are some boundaries I should create? If you don't know the answers, it is okay to ask. I ask all the time. (laughs) It's okay to get advice from people. Um, Obviously people that you should get advice from, not people that you shouldn't, but just, Hey, like, just to make sure I'm in the up and up, like what boundaries should I set? Um, what is something that you would advise me do with this friend, you know? Um, but obviously you don't want to walk around like stuffing God down people's throats. Like you don't want to be aggressive because that's not how you create friendships. I feel like, or create a relationship to then talk about God, but 
mm-hmm. definitely make sure that you're not hiding who you are and that you're open with hey yeah this is how I live like oh do you wear skirts all the time yeah I do all the time <laughs> I'm always wearing a skirt unless I'm in my comfort of my own home you know like just being very candid about that and things that you believe in and obviously you're not always trying to start a debate but definitely don't hide the things that you believe and who you are because now you've started compromising your own self and your own belief system and you know that's not being a good godly friend so definitely just be who you know you're supposed to be and let your light shine don't dim it and don't let other people dim it because I get that it's scary um but I mean I I will say that being at Target I kept I had friends I made a lot of friends being there even though I was different from everyone else but if someone used like a bad word and I was around, they'd be like, Oh, so sorry. <laughs> Didn't mean to. And I was okay with that. You know, just learning, letting people learn who you are and letting them adapt themselves if they choose to do that because of who you are. And that's almost a beautiful thing to watch someone um, respect that, but still want to be your friend and be around you because right. I guess they thought it was fun or funny to be around. <laughs> so, I mean, I feel like I did create good friendships there that will last for you know a lot of my life and I didn't have to be someone that I wasn't um so yeah (laughs) hopefully that answers the question yeah that's really good so you were talking about you know being a good friend yourself and um I had this question already written down so this kind of flows good is what is one thing God has taught you that has helped you become a better friend? I think something that I've had to learn definitely here recently is one, not everyone's opinion is going to matter. You just, sometimes people have opinions about you or say things about you and you just have to let it go, which is really hard to do. Yeah. Um, sometimes you just have to let it go and continue on because it's not worth, you know, letting it just sit in your mind and then, kind of just mess with your spirit like it's not worth it um and something else is not everything is worth sharing um sometimes like I'm definitely an oversharer like it's really bad (laughs) because I desperately want to please people or want to make sure that what I'm doing is almost approved by other people and sometimes that's a telltale sign that I'm doing the wrong thing because I'm so focused on do they agree with this do they agree with this um but I will say that um I don't know sometimes you just have to let the opinions go and you have to stay quiet when you think things about other people because you don't want to be the cause of a gossip circle or um just Mm -hmm. talk bad about someone and I promise you I'm guilty of it and that's why I say like that's something that God's having to teach me is don't think that just because someone's your friend doesn't mean they won't share what you've told them sometimes, depending on y'all's level of friendship or how close they are to the person that you're talking about. Um, It's just safer to keep everyone else's name out of your mouth and just move on, live your life and try to focus on, you know, good things and your friends that you're around. And, you know, I don't want to be a friend to someone that only talks about other people because that's draining and that's Mm -hmm. not, who God wants us to be. So I'm having to learn that because I just, it's, it's too much. It weighs a lot on you to worry about other people all the time. So just kind of living in the moment and, you know, focusing on me and the people around me and that's it. (laughs) And obviously the people that I want to went to God, but like not on issues that don't involve me, I guess. Of course I agree a hundred percent. And I, I'm so grateful that you, we're willing to, you know, share your heart and get vulnerable about friendships because I think it's one of those things that we often think a lot about maybe on our own, but may not be a topic that we open up, you know, with other people about um, because then we start feeling a little maybe insecure or um, just thinking about friendships. We start trying to justify our choices Right. Um, I feel convicted when I talk about friendship <laughs> because I want to make sure that I'm being that person. So I get it. Right. Right. 
Well, thank you for being on the podcast today. I really appreciate it. It has been such a blessing and I'm going to be stewing on what we've talked about. I know. For sure. (laughs) This was so good. I feel like it was very, you're very easy to talk to and I enjoyed it a lot. (laughs) I'm glad I got that on recording for all of you out there. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) You have proof now. Well, can you please let everybody know where they can follow you on social media if you want them to follow you um, and where they could find your church? Okay. Well, um, Lauren uh, Blendman, but on Instagram, I'm L-A-U-R, Lore.Mac, M-A-C-K. Um, some people have called me that before, but you know, that's fine. Lore.Mac is my Instagram. And um, my church, the Pentecostals of Katy, if you don't know, now you know, we're in Katy, Texas. Um right outside of Houston, basically. But yeah, our Instagram for all of that is just the Pentecostal of Katie. We have a lot of music that we come out with. So we have like two, no, three singles that came out this year, more stuff that we've been recording. So go on Apple Music, Spotify, Amazon Music, whatever you listen on. Um, the Pentecostals of Katie is probably going to have new music out. So yeah, it's I so good. <laughs> it's my favorite. So well, thank you, Lauren, so very much. You're welcome. If this episode blessed you, please take a screenshot of it and share it on your Instagram stories, tagging at Hello Awesome Live. I would really love that. Also search my name, JC Pulford, J-A-C-Y-P-U-L-F-O-R-D on Amazon to buy my devotionals and coloring books. You can also donate to the ministry of Hello Awesome through my link tree, L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E forward slash Hello Awesome Live. This will help fund future projects that will benefit the kingdom of God. Until next time, keep your chin up, beautiful.